0: Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lorne Michaels-Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let your hair... Hey, y'all. This is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lorne Michaels-Harris. And we're very excited to continue our family series. And today's episode is called Just the Two of Us. Doc, how the hell are you? <laughs>
1: I am great. How are you, Jax?
0: Uh, peaks and valleys. I've um, been been having some issues with getting my therapy stuff squared away, uh, and it's been an ongoing thing for several months now. And uh, today, it's sort of reached a, a fever pitch for me. Uh-oh. So. Not exactly in the best moods, but super excited um, to have our guest today and continue our family series. Um, so today's subject matter is centered on being a single mom and not only being a single mom, but also being a, a, a single mom that uh, is a CEO and runs a company, which I think is is a super exciting dynamic to that. So how yeah. many single moms do you know? Tons. Yeah. What's that relationship like? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, uh, single moms tend to to face a lot of stereotypes and well,
1: sometimes prejudices and things of that nature. See, I, I don't even look at it that way. And um, yet still dealing with frog throat. So bear with me. Um, I, you know, being a black male, it's... You know, I grow up grew up and a lot of us grow up with seeing nothing but examples of single single moms. I was raised by uh one and then I found my birth mom thirty two years into it. She was single, so she was still a single mom. And let me see, out of the twenty two homes I was in, I'd say the majority, especially the, the foster mothers that were of color, I'd say probably 90% of them were single moms who were foster moms. So, um, and I'll just say this, not that it's any different for any other woman of another race, but I can speak to what I know. One thing I can tell you about our African-American moms, man, they're just, it's just a thing. They can do it. And they can, a lot of them raise grandkids later, you know? So, um I celebrate all my, all single moms. I celebrate all moms, but particularly so single moms because they gotta wear a lot of hats, man. Interesting. Um, So I was raised by
0: a single mom and um, she was a very, very hardworking lady. Um, It was my nanny, my mom's mom. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was amazing to grow up in that dynamic. And I think the biggest reason why is because you really kind of get to see behind the curtain of how hard um, women work. And especially, you know, I, I, like you said, I can't speak to women raising women, but as far as a woman raising a teenager and taking a teenager in uh, the way that my nanny did, um, I thought that that's a, a pretty tough, Tough uh, bill to, to to get a bill to sell from, you know. Of course. To be able to cash that check, I think takes a lot of courage and a lot of backbone. So, right. Um, what about single moms that you know that are business owners? Do you see them facing any kind of, you know, stereotypes, prejudices, mm-hmm. things of that nature?
1: The same ones, I would think, that they they deal with, no matter what just as women, you know what I mean? Just seriously, Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think, I've never seen someone go, oh, so you're a single mom. I'm not gonna open this door for you or I don't wanna deal with you. But I have seen people say, oh, it's a woman. This ain't the place for a woman. No, no, just a woman. So um, again, I'm not surprised. I mean, it just, to me, it's just a thing that women do. They They wear all the hats. Even a lot of women that are in um, a, a situation where there's another person. They still wear all those hats. They just do, you know? So, but I, what I am interested to talk to our guest today about, because she is a woman of color raising a young man, what will be a young man. He's he just a little old thing now, just as cute. I watch him all the time on Instagram. Cute as a button. Yeah. Uh-huh, he is. And I've watched him grow from the beginning, seriously. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm anxious to talk to Charlinda today about. The challenge of raising a black king, you know, that you know, that's more than just raising a black child or a black boy or a black young man, but to raise a black king because there's so many things that they have to worry about just because their child is a black male. That's just a fact interesting.
0: Well, according to Forbes.com, the work-life balance is one of the things that absolutely pop up. According to Pew data, stay-at-home parents account for about 18% of the parents in the U.S., with a vast majority of them being women, which I think is just insanely impressive alone. Um Another thing that women in business encounter, according to Forbes.com, the statistics show that 48% of women in business lack the competent advisors to guide them through entrepreneurship. Moreover, establishing a startup comes with many challenges. So, you know, they don't have the support elements that um, their counterparts would typically have. And then the last point that I wanted to make from Forbes, and I'd love to you know, have you? Uh, As your nickels is um, only about two point three percent of venture capital goes to women entrepreneurs. Due to the funding dispar- disparity, only two percent of women-owned startups generate a million dollars. Men are three point time three point five times more likely to achieve this number. So what do you think about some of those stats, just in terms of what women face in the workplace?
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because there's really not much to say other than what James Brown said in the song. And if I didn't have this Louise Jefferson voice, I'd try to hit it for you, but I'll just say it. It's a man's world. Oh, it's a
0: man's world? It's a man's
1: world. Oh, love, love, love,
0: love that song. If know, you're like, I mean, uh, Christina Aguilera's be? version of that is yeah. so good. I mean, really though, how else could that be if it weren't? I mean,
1: come on. I mean, it is. It is quite interesting when you think about it. It's it's know? like everything else: the pay rate and you know commensurate pay and being promoted evenly and all the other things. Seats at the table. Um, this isn't new says it?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I find it very interesting because for me, I don't know if I just like live inside a bubble or if I haven't been diligent in my pursuit of, of uh, understanding more when it comes to what women go through. But I can tell you living with my mother-in-law to be and my spouse and being the only man in the house besides the dog, and of course, when Dylan comes, um, I have seen the world at large through a whole new light. Um, and, and it really is amazing the resilience that these women have in general to just not say, fuck it, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything anymore because I, I have all of these hurdles, you know, that, that we have to overcome. And then when you really start to look at the statistics, you know, uh, just from the business side of it, we're not even to the parents side of it yet. You can see that, that there truly is a, a gender bias, according to, you know, uh, survey data, you know, Pew research is, is obviously a, uh, a great outlet in regards to, you know, being accredited and respected in that regard. And so it's, It's really mind blowing because I take myself back to when I was a kid. And I mean, I knew that my nanny was was tough. I knew that she provided, but I had no idea the odds that were against her when she walked out that door every time just to go to work as a woman.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think about it this way too, you know, being in two categories uh black male and openly gay male lgbtq so i feel this too just like you know you are learning and growing uh through what through you what you didn't know i.e the ignorance of it all um Mm -hmm. because of the close proximity to uh, linda and linda's mom well Mm -hmm. i can say the same thing about not just people that I know, but just my own experience of, you know, being a member of a marginalized group of people, you know, or a, um, um, a minority group. So it's easier to see, I think, those challenges, if you will, in other marginalized groups because you know the feeling and, you, and, you know, you know what you know and you know it yeah. when you see it. Because, right.
0: Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a, you know, at some point uh, we will unpack that more in regards to, you know, people's skin tones, ethnicities, religions, those oh. kinds of things. Um, but but I would say that for the particulars, for our listeners out there, um, single moms really are a special thing. And it's not... I don't think just a bias that is particular coming from Lauren or I, I mean, the, the, the facts support it, you know, they own or have had the biggest spike in business. And yet they've done that against, you know, pretty competitive odds. Um, I won't necessarily say unfair because I feel like that's more of a, an opinion based sort of thing, but I will say that that numbers show when your counterpart is 3.5 times more in certain areas, um, that, that there's really something to be said about the tenacity of wanting to maintain that footprint. Well, I'll say so this. let's talk about, wait, yeah, Wait, go wait,
1: ahead. I just want to throw this in there. I, you know how they, they put that stuff out there, but you know what I wish they would do? I wish they would put like an adjoining page or something, where you could click a tab and see the faces of all the people that chose those numbers, mm. you know, for people that got the money and those who didn't. Who chose them? I guarantee you, you're going to see a bunch of men. Mm. So you know, but more right, somebody's yeah. deciding who's worthy and who isn't. Yeah, right. So again, it's a man's world. When when you trace all the footprints back, that's what you'll find
0: yeah i agree um so according to w i'm sorry bwss.org which stands for battered women uh, battered women's supportive services um they have a lot to say about some of the stereotypes that single moms have to face and and it's very interesting because Mm -hmm. some of the the stereotypes are Uh, Single moms are least likely uh, women to get remarried. Uh, Children in single-parent families always have deficits, do poorly in school, and suffer emotionally and behaviorally. Uh, Single-parent families are broken homes. That's the one that really fucking gets my goat. And children from single-parent families have lower self-esteem. See... even though our guest today is a mom that is raising a, a son that's not of school age yet, um, I wanted her to be able to hear some of these things because we know that she's backstage.
1: So you, you were making a point, Doc? I'm just saying, listen at those statistics. Uh, those That's like a gut punch to me because I remember when I was a little one, they said, oh, You know, he's special needs. Well, every kid is special and every kid has needs, simply because I had ADHD, you know, which today is no big deal. So when they say, you know, oh, their kids are gonna, how do we know that's true? You only know what's true in your own world, what your child is capable of, what you demand from your child and the people that pour into your child, i.e. teachers, school administrators, uh, babysitters, et cetera. But for them to say, how do we know? I'm just saying, how do we know that's not some grooming technique to just get that mindset in? Well, I'm a single mom and look what they said is gonna happen. So look, little Johnny, you know, it's not your fault. It's just the way it is for us, for people like us. There's a lot of that I just cry bullshit on.
0: Yeah, I, I,
1: I agree 150%. The statistics. broken home, the broken, the broken home thing, is, thing, we know yeah. about, a lot of us lived it. Yeah. But those other crap blankets they throw across anybody that fits a certain demographic or uh, socioeconomic um, area or whatever, whatever the guidelines are, it's that's crap. You know what I'm saying? We, how do, oh, we I think, I, I how do we trace think I think it?
0: that's eloquently put, Doc. I absolutely right. think it's crap, too. Right. Um, we're going to go me. to commercial break, but when we come back, we mm-hmm. will actually have the lady in the house who's living it on a daily basis. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat and Relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And today's episodes, episodes, today's episode is called Just the Two of Us. Uh, Doc, you got a little ditty about our guests before we
1: get him in here? Dun, 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 dun. See, I feel like I should sing it like a jingle now that you called it a ditty. Yeah. Um, but I do have some great insight into this incredible entrepreneur, mother, um, servant leader, all kinds of things. Take your pick. Charlinda Scales is who I'm speaking of. She's a serial entrepreneur and she serves as the founder and CEO of Mutt's Sauce. Now, oh, I know what you're thinking. It has nothing to do with dogs. It's Mutt's, M-U-T-T, pasta for yes. It is a barbecue sauce. And she is also the director of Ohio Taste, which is a 501c3, and the business side, Ohio Taste, or OH Taste, LLC. So she's also the creator of the apparel company known around the globe as the Empower Collection. Her passions are mentoring small businesses and women empowerment, and she is also, get this, a TEDx alumnus. Now, has also served in the U.S. Air Force, We've got to ring the bell, Air Force, ooh, aim high, for 10 years of active duty as a senior program manager. And currently, she serves as a reservist at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in the beautiful state of Ohio. Wow. And she is also the mother of the cutest little baby in the whole, 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 whole world. Well, okay, at Charlinda, least in the Midwest. come on in, girl. He is, too. He's smart. Is she with us? I think she is. Did we bore her to sleep?
0: Oh, I don't. I don't. I think that. I think. That or did the baby stash. override us? I betcha. I mean, that is very much quite a
1: possibility. Well, you can keep talking, and perhaps you'll. I don't know. What, what, should, what do you want to do, Jaxie?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, what would you uh, what would you like to talk about, Doc? Um, who we can call to put an APB out for Charlenta, our guest? Uh, what what is it they used to say in the the game show? Uh, a lifeline, isn't that what? Yes,
1: that? phone a friend. Somewhere. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to love that show. Who wants to be yeah. a millionaire? Remember?
0: What Was it who Who wants to be a millionaire?
1: Yeah. You know what show I want to be on now, but she'd probably make me cry because she's rough. The weakest link. Is that that English lady? Well, no, it's that lady from Glee. Um, oh, I never saw Glee. She looks like a lesbian. I hate to say that, but I think she is one. What? Like a gym teacher. Wait. Okay, don't throw bricks at my house and no hate mail. I'm gay for goodness sake. But you know what I'm saying. We know each other. We do. Yeah. Uh, her, I think I know Jane I think something. I
0: know who you're talking about.
1: Jane Lynch. Jane. Jane something. Jane Lynch. Yes. Yeah, she's hilarious. She is. It's yeah. on that show, The Weakest Link. She'll be like, Oh, you couldn't even da 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 da. Guess what? You suck. You're the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. And I'd be like Wait. Uh, yeah, looks like I uh, need to check the
0: chat there, Doc. Oh. She says she's backstage.
2: Hi. Hey.
0: Oh. You know what? Sometimes we go off the rails here and it's uh, you know, we, we love you know it. know what it
1: was? I forgot she has no picture. Yeah. And,
0: and you know well. what's great is the Doc and I, we'll just you know, we'll just keep going and going and going. And going. So, Anyways, audience, uh, welcome our amazing guest from Ohio, uh, Charlinda Scales. Who is here? We are very excited to have you on the show today. Um, So Doc and I were kind of talking about some things that single moms and women in business face uh, coming into the break. What are your thoughts on some of this stuff? Like, do you think we were kind of, you know, hitting the nail on the head of we thinking it's a bunch of horseshit or... uh, Or do you have some thoughts? Well,
2: you know, I've never been a fan of statistics. Uh, and the same way I feel about stereotypes, i spent my life proving uh, all of them wrong. So I, I know that you can chart a different path if you decide to. Um, some, some things, you know, you do have to fight against. You kind of sometimes have to prove them wrong. And that's annoying before they would believe that uh, you're different. That you don't fit the mold. Uh, but when it comes to my son, I would say I gave birth to my son the day they announced the pandemic. Um, so he is a quintessential pandemic baby. His entire life has been the pandemic. and um, But he was also born during the George Floyd incident. So he was a few months old when I watched it on the TV holding my newborn, and I cannot tell you how devastating it is to love a country and hate something so much as uh, the racism and discrimination that we have to deal with, knowing that if I don't do something or if my fellow Americans don't work together to do something, uh, this, is, this is not a good thing. Thing for him to grow up in, and I've been kind of overprotective in that way, um, working as hard as I can to be a part of the solution, so so that his future is a little bit brighter. Um, yeah, I mean, I was also raised by a single mother like you all, and she was she was a hardworking woman. It took her eleven years to get her college degree, but she didn't give up because. She wanted to show me not tell me that education was important it was it was more than just saying hey go to school but seeing her do that it kind of it was encouraging for me and i can't say that school was easy for me either i deal with the same thing doc harris i uh, have adhd it's it's a struggle for me um Interesting. you gotta you just have to uh work a little bit harder you have to find your own method of of understanding material that sometimes was frustrating. It's like everybody else just gets it. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Uh, but I just I just went to school at Harvard uh, last month. So if, if anything, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I am very thankful for the opportunities that have been afforded to me, but I kind of have switched my mindset to stop limiting yourself and stop believing the, the statistics. Because uh, if you really believe them, then uh, you'll internalize that and you will get stuck. Your future, your, your, The future that you're dealing with or the present that you're dealing with is the future that your son will also have to deal with. And I just will not accept that. So,
1: so Charlinda, let me ask you first, because uh, I, lo- I love your, uh, your uh, um, mindset about statistics. Uh, but what about when you hear those statistics about raising a black male child? Um, because they're very real. And I mean, they are. There's a body yeah. count. There's an actual body count. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when people say and I want you to just tell us that in your world, is there a difference between you just being a single mother and you being a single black mother?
2: Oh, yeah, there's definitely a difference. Um, How so? In, in terms of like the numbers. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. Uh, that is our present situation. Uh, it is. It is horrific it is unfair um that we are a nation that we we tout equality we tout freedom and that just is not the case we're not living up to uh the words of the constitution right now and um i uh as someone who serves this country someone just told me this uh, i i just met a very um i will say um iconic uh, american veteran and he stated i love america i don't like americans right now Mm -hmm. and uh, but the conversation was around well what are we going to do about that you know how do we get to a point where we like each other and And can co. Well, I, I, I don't want to get too far
0: off the rails because we you know we have a, a this is our family series. We'd love to have you come back on and we can we can discuss you know some of those things or like the bigger American issues and things of that nature. But one of the things that I'm really curious about is time management, right? Like you're a reservist, you're also uh, a CEO and a founder an established speaker, like what kind of team do you have being able to help you? Or are you managing all this all on your own? And for the single moms out there listening, Mm. um, how do you do it?
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't subscribe to balance. That's for one. I don't think balance exists. Um, I think it's just a careful um, exercise of effective communication and mutual respect for anybody who is in your life or in your inner circle. Anybody who would be affected by your decisions, you need to make sure that they know and are on the same page with you about what you're deciding to do. Because as an entrepreneur who owns three companies, uh, it's a journey. It's not just, you know, hey, where I'm just doing something like there is an end game. There is a big plan. There's a big picture to all of it. Uh, I don't talk publicly about all the things like the why the long term why of why I have so many projects happening right now. But I will say that anytime I look at the involvement of it, I, I do think of the, the big picture Cabo Jacks, like I do think of my impact in this country. I do think about the future of this country. Even with a t-shirt apparel line, I'm thinking about the future of this country. And um, what I can do, the empower, the empower uh, collection is about women's empowerment and fixing the number of women in, in leadership roles in Ohio. Uh, all of the Proceeds go to funding women to to um, if you want to call it the opposite of the of the the good old boys club. I'm funding them to be in positions that they can be just as powerful.
1: Definitely. Um,
2: uh, breaking those stereotypes and breaking those glass ceilings, and uh, I at home, I have my team of my my mother and father. Now, some people will say, "Oh my gosh, you're, you're in your 40s and you you live at your parents." Uh, it's the biggest blessing that ever happened to me that to have my parents here in the home. Um, my father actually quit his job at the beginning of the pandemic. He was working on a uh, like a car line. He was working in manufacturing facility for cars. And um, he said, I, I don't want to be part of getting my, my first grandkid sick. So I want to stay home and whatever you need me to do, I'm here. My mother, 30 years education, early childhood ed- education, walked away from her job, retired on the spot. She said, whatever we got to do to protect this child is what we're going to do. So it's been one team, one fight uh, since they've been here. She helps me during the day, watches them during the day. Um, my My dad, when I first started during the pandemic, lost all my revenue from Mutt Sauce. We were at zero. And he and I gutted the garage, ordered stuff online to figure out how to do e-commerce. I'm rocking my baby and learning about e-commerce on YouTube. I remember that. Flipped my entire company to e-commerce. We would fulfill it out of the garage. My dad was able to replace his income, actually made more than what he was making at at the plant within six months. So um, I have a strong team uh, here at home, Uh, a lot of third party work with some of my other businesses. We're building a $6 million kitchen here in Dayton, Ohio. That's the O-Taste project. And that was three other moms, single moms. Well, one, she's married, but two single moms and uh, another mom and thinking of how we can solve an issue with food deserts and food insecurity in our state. Hmm. and eventually the country and just spreading that word and telling them how passionate we were uh and trying to build a better future for our kids uh we're one year in and we're at four million dollars fundraise so
1: that's awesome i want to I just throw something out real quick because i had written it down but your segue was perfect uh charlinda when you started um speaking of that strong family support system, because I think a lot of people mistakenly automatically their go-to is that the term single mom means that a person is all alone, doing it all by themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case, like not just your parents there, but the legacy piece that you were able to uh, pivot and keep solvent through the garage and e-commerce and your parents stepping up and and how it all turned out to be a blessing for all of you. So um, let me ask you, um, how do you explain, how does it feel to you, this legacy piece? Because Mutt's was started, I think, by your grandfather, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. So how does that feel with a new baby? And here you've picked up a legacy that was handed by an ancestor forward and how you fiercely protect. And how much motivation do you derive from fiercely protecting this this gift that was handed forward from your grandfather so that it can still, if he wants it, be there for your child?
2: Mm, Yeah. Um, So... Carrying on something that was really important to my grandfather, who his call sign was Mutt. He was a person who actually invented Mutt Sauce in 1956 before it was a company. He was just really passionate about bringing people together. So that's what I'm carrying forward with the company itself. And it was so important that when the pandemic happened, you saw everybody was losing touch with their children, with their spouses, and it was how do I how do I carry forward that feeling of togetherness? So stop thinking about how to sell more sauce. How do I just bring more people together? They're at home. um, They're not getting to interact with each other, but but what can I do to contribute to that? And that's what I focus on. In terms of my son, you know, I am fiercely protective. I tried to give people like a glimpse into our world by using my social media stories, Instagram, Facebook to show the every day, because I felt so bad that not even my own family, besides my mom and dad got to see him. And still to this day, only three people in my entire family have actually met him in person. And I, I wanted to share that piece, but what I've been thinking about actually, Doc, is um, I, I want, it's more about what I put in him, not what I give him. I want him to have empathy, and I want him to be um, have a humble sense about him, to embrace humility, to care about people without having to be exactly like them, to give more than he takes from this world, and to hopefully he can see that my success is from believing in something greater than myself. I'm not going to define that for him. But I want to show him like even at my rock bottom moments, I did not feel alone. And it was because of my faith that I did not feel alone. Uh, And that is the only reason why he exists, because in my rock bottom moment, I believe that even after 10 years of fertility, maybe I can still be a mother.
0: So that's a good that's a good stopping point. We're going to go to break. Uh, We'll come right back. And I want to unpack that more about that rock bottom moment. We'll be right back. Hey y'all this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat in relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend Dr. Lorne Michaels Harris and we are continuing our family series and the episode is called Just the Two of Us and we are speaking with an amazing entrepreneur and single mom, uh, Charlinda Scales, and she was talking about how she focuses on making sure that her son has a lot of the tools that were inspired by moments when she was at her rock bottom moment. Charlinda, I, I would like for you to just unpack that for a moment. What started that moment at being rock bottom? And what was the biggest inspiration of, of coming out of that?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think people have rock bottom moments throughout their life. I am... reach. I call it like just fail your way up because I can look at from childhood, you're, you're fighting against... Uh, maybe it was poverty maybe it was a bad childhood maybe you weren't treated right maybe you had to overcome disabilities learning disabilities maybe it was relationships and heartbreak so you just go from one thing to another and the thing that i think makes a difference between those who are whatever your version of success is uh than the ones who really struggle and feel the the despair is that feeling of i'm not alone I could be at my rock bottom in my adulthood. I had gone through a a horrible divorce that I tried to keep out of the public eye as I was doing all kinds of public interviews like this. And to hide heartbreak is really hard. Uh, But I was, I was sitting in that I was sitting in an apartment by myself sleeping on a Coleman cot, no furniture. um, And I, I was like, I, I can't hear anything. But in that moment, I, I could hear you know, the God that I believe in, and he's like, you're, you need to look at this in a different way. There's a peace here. There's a stillness here. You can focus now that you don't have to have dinner on the table by seven and stay two steps ahead of someone at all times in the day, even when you're trying to sleep, you're not sleeping, you're thinking. Rest and think and refocus. And so that, to me, is the way I, I pray people can look at rock bottom moments, there's purpose in pain, there's purpose in rock bottom. And mm-hmm. if you can stop long enough of going woe is me and focus on what is the why are you in this moment? Um, it's it's a launching pad for so many people. I see their success stories. They're talking about it. They're on stages. They're millionaires, and they'll talk about bouncing back from rock bottom. But you had to have that moment. And
0: it, it it's interesting that you mention that because in in every conversation that I've had uh, over the course of my lifetime of being you know in business and in the entertainment industry. The, there always seems to be a, a common thread of of that moment of choice. And the ones that, that take that tragedy or that trauma or whatever label that you want to put on it and really understand that that's what they have to grow through to get from point A to point B are some of the most successful people that I know. So I agree with that a, a thousand percent.
2: And that's how I, you know, the thing that I want to instill in my son i don't expect him to have a flawless life i don't expect him to not have hardship i can't protect him from everything but i can prepare him for those moments i can prepare him for the eventual people that he will run into that will not have his best interests at heart Uh, the people who will try to say something about his mother and what she is and what she is not because she's a single mom i can prepare him and that's what i'm focused on um and you know, as far as like education, things like that. I went to public school. It was hard. It was tough. You, do, you know, you dealt with bullies and all that stuff. Um, right now, we've we've had a homeschool plan for him, but I still want him to go out and experience the world. I, I don't want him to be sheltered from the world. He needs to, he needs to know how to make his own way and how
1: to take care of himself. Uh, can I ask something, Char Charlinda? Uh,
0: mm-hmm uh
1: inquiring minds want to know mainly me uh can you talk about briefly your highest high you know most likely the i'm assuming but most probably the moment they handed you your son but but also some juxtaposition if you could what about that moment when you wondered can i do this and how did you get past it as quickly as possible because clearly you're doing it. Excellent
0: question, Doc.
2: Yeah, and that's why I think the the, uh, power of of faith is, is um, the fact that whenever you talk about pain or you talk about moments in past tense, those moments you thought were unsurvivable and now we're here talking about back in the day when that happened, like that is a miracle in itself to talk about those things in past tense. Uh, Highest of high, yeah, having my son. That was just, there were so many things on that journey that everything was proven wrong. I spent so long feeling broken, feeling, uh, I I wanted to be a mom since I was 25. I wanted to have a lot of kids. And um, it's, it's hard when there's something especially when you're you're married and you want this idyllic life i was definitely a box checker i'm a recovered box checker of you have to grow up you have to go to college you have to get a job you need to find a husband you got to do this and i'm like oh my god it is so exhausting <laughs> like, i'm so <laughs> and why am i not full of joy i'm checking all the boxes yeah. and um to to know that the most joy the highest high i ever felt is when i was like forget the box <laughs> just go after this with everything you got and and why,
0: why did you do that though right because that's that's not a common that's not a common occurrence and i want our listeners to to understand like what a grand epiphany that is like why why did you do that why did you say fuck it i'm i am straight up not going to check boxes anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to be a pioneer essentially in my own life.
2: Cause the one thing that I was checking boxes, I was checking boxes for two, two reasons. One, I had not had the epiphany that I was seeking validation and that I didn't need it. That I didn't need to seek validation. And two, um, sometimes the one thing that you want comes out of your comfort zone, and the most uncomfortable thing for me is to live outside of the box and outside of society's acceptable checklist. Um, you all can't see
0: it, but me and the doc are just shaking our <laughs> heads yes. Like it, it, it would almost be like listeners if we were just like at the choir and we were like slapping the hands together, just be like, "Come on, get it, sister. Keep on uh, talking."
2: Yeah. to to finally just say. I, I will stand in the face of any judgment, but you know This decision is going to possibly lead to me being the happiest version of myself Which i've been seeking for so long and i've it's been beyond my reach um And and now here I am i'm a single CEO During a pandemic, but I am happy all the stuff the people would look at the checklist. I'm like, oh my gosh She's probably miserable. I am like super happy
1: What about this piece, Charlinda? Because you were married before, but you didn't have your son. Now you have your son, but you're not married. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a Reese's cup. You got your peanut butter on my chocolate. Oh, no, I didn't. You got (laughs) your chocolate in my peanut butter. So what about those moments when you're minding your own business, life is great. You're out, the stroller, the baby, and then you glance over and you see the picture that everyone associates with happy family you see Mm. dad you see the baby you Mm. see mom that whole picture the toddler you know does that ever send any cord of regret or um or maybe one day i'll still have that what happens um what goes straight down the middle of your highway when you see or experience that
2: um, I'm reminded that some, some people that I know that have had the most difficult childhoods I've ever seen came from two parent homes mm. this is that, true. you know, they wish their parents would have gotten a divorce because they stayed married because they were both box checkers and mm. they wanted it to be great, but they were completely incompatible. They didn't respect each other. And they basically did not. Um, one thing that I told myself, I had to, I had to have a come to had to have a moment where if I were to have stayed where I was at in my current situation, would my child learn what real love is from watching, not from us telling him, but from watching my marriage?
0: What's real love to you?
2: Mutual respect. It doesn't have to be, you know, my, my love language is not like, affection or anything like that for me it is like acts of acts of service um i don't need flowers i I don't need candy i'm very self-aware in that way like you don't have to give me gifts uh you just have to tell the truth you just have to um be the definition of a friend and um yeah I'm very, I was like, I'm very low maintenance. And that's why I I was really shocked that um, it it didn't work out because I always thought to myself, wow, you know, I I don't need all that stuff. I'm probably the the most affordable girl you'll ever get. Now, I, don't Jen- even, I don't even need a restaurant. I'm the one that's happy to go to Waffle House. Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, no, Waffle Jack- House is good. I love me some Waffle House. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Charlinda, did Jax just hit you with um, the question, what does real love mean? And I was about to ask you something similar, but I think it's a little different, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there anyway. I'm wondering if prior to having the child before your son and then post-having a the son... Do you feel your definition of unconditional love has changed uh when you know you looked at him and he was looking back I hear from a lot of first time moms that that is one of the most earth-shattering epiphanies that they could have never seen coming they think they know but they always say you could have never known what's your take on that
2: Yeah um it's it's almost like I didn't, I didn't even know how much God loved me till I looked at my son.
1: Mm, that's it. Mm, gotta ring the bell. That was just a good one. Um, wow. I,
2: you know, like the appreciation of it that even when I felt like broken after my divorce, I was going through so much self-doubt and like I am not worthy, like letting life grow in my body. And holding my son was almost like saying, You are worthy. I didn't require for you to be married. I didn't require these things of you, but I'm going to hand you a soul for you to take care of. I trust you that much. Mm -hmm. And, um,
1: damn, girl, chills. And that,
2: yeah, that.
1: Wow, do you feel you're a better entrepreneur today because th- your son has brought so much more to you and through you?
2: No, I I feel like I'm a I always approached um, entrepreneurship with with service. You know, the same way we we serve as as veterans and military people. I serve my customers, and I think that. Um, having to watch out after someone who couldn't take care of himself you kind of start to change that mindset of like what does it mean to care for people
0: 100 um, percent.
2: yeah and so i i feel like my empathy got tuned up a lot more i'm way more patient than i used to be i am even though it seems like i go a million miles an hour on social media i'm my Close friends know that I am a hundred percent more laid back. <laughs> like I am, awesome. way more laid back, and well, and I'm 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 okay with saying, of of stating my boundaries now because my son, like you have to as a mother, you have to say like, uh, sorry. Um, my I'm done at five because this is his time. I will make time for him. There's no, I don't have time for stuff. Um, My journey, if it ever gets to a point where I'm put in a position of choosing the businesses over quality time with him, I'll shut it down in a heartbeat, you know? So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, we, uh, this always happens to us when we, when we first thought of putting the show together, we're like, Oh, you know, an hour will be enough time, but we, we never have enough time. So we're, we're going to have to get you out of here. But I think that obviously there's a consensus to all of us, how special um, a single mom is. And so I just want to give you a moment briefly to speak to all the listeners out there that are single moms. And what is the one piece of wisdom that you would give them?
2: Hmm. Well, my mantra right now is the one I would share with them is you don't have to feel qualified to be qualified. Because there's so much doubt that the world will try to pour into you. And, you know, personally, you'll say, well, I can't do this because of X, Y and Z. And I, if my life can be a testament to how wrong that is. Uh, you are worthy you are capable and you're on you're you've been given this assignment for a reason and mm. yeah
0: nah. mm. you got this well Sh- charlinda we want to thank you so much for being on the show today mm. um you're you're absolutely amazing um in in everything that you do and uh, we hope to have you back on but uh it's been really great having you and um We'll be back in five with our final thoughts with me and the doc. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat in relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris and we are continuing our family series for September. And we just had an amazing episode that we have titled "Just the Two of Us." Doc, oh. I cannot even begin to start to articulate the words of of just the the majestic attitude that this that this woman takes on on a daily
1: basis. Thoughts? And we didn't even scratch the surface of a not day. even close. With Not even the scales. No, because even in her bio, you know, I, there was still really two more paragraphs, which really spoke to all the things outside of her immediate world, the military, the baby, the parents and all of that. Um, we didn't even get into her nonprofit, really, or, you know, um, what's building a, a multi-million-dollar kitchen with people and all the boards. Single she said, moms so, at that. And she sits on all these boards and, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and uh, Board of Trustees in the Dayton area, just all these things that are uh, like if you were going to school and you're picking classes, these are electives. You know, these aren't required courses. These are electives. So it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, uh, you know. She's doing this, that, she's doing too much. No, she's not doing too much because God said he's never going to give us more than we can handle. But you can say, yeah, she's doing so much. And that's great. And people be careful when you say, look at this example of this young lady. Before you go complaining about something being too something, that's the John Wayne Gacy, that word of dreams. And it's killed more more dreams than any other word. And it's only three letters, T-O-O. Change it out. Because the moment you say too something, you're asking what you ascribe to be good you to take something, to stick to the promise that you'll never be given more than you can handle. So my final thing about uh Charlinda today, I wanted to just I'm so grateful to her for reminding me of I'll take you to that moment. Oh, this is why when she was talking about her son and um how she chose and and you know, it makes no difference, and she's right because you know I had twenty-two moms, and the mom I had um, for the most informative years of my life, from birth up until you know eleven years old, the one who suddenly died, and then I went into the system. She, she, um, she served her role in my life, but it was my birth mom that. Put some grout between a lot of question tiles, if you will, in my journey. When I'll never forget, and then I'm done. Uh, when I found her, she looked at me like the second day, and I was she was talking about, you know, asking me about my life and how I. I told her I was alone a lot of the time. She just looked at me and grabbed my hand and said, "You, you know, you'll never, you, you, you'll never, you've never really been completely alone. You know that, right? And now you're here. If you didn't know it, you know it now, and you'll never have to be alone again." And I said, "Well, how can you say that? Nobody lives forever." And What about those 32 years that we were separated? She goes, that makes no difference. I'm your mother and you're my son. That means that we were once one person. Nothing can ever change that bond. And so I really get it. I get why Charlinda uh, is doing so well with so many things and making it all look so easy uh you know i just i think it's I, I applaud her i applaud her and all the single moms and all and i mean and there's moms serving uh families and communities just like we served the country and vice versa so i just say hats off if it weren't for women we wouldn't even be here so <laughs> you know and they're what keeps that
0: keep that's actually an anatomical
1: fact like I know, the, the, yeah exactly and they work behind a lot of great minds you know, we think it's President so and so and Admiral so and so and General So and so. Really. It's that it's that pillow talk that has saved many button pushes. You know what I mean? Many, many fights at the bar, <laughs> many, many getting kicked off the job. It's it's those people we lay our heads next to. It doesn't have to be your wife, but it has to be that person that you call your life. So love unconditionally and get, get love unconditionally. It's the best thing you can ever hope for.
0: You know, there's so much that you just said there that is just so beautiful that I would just love to unpack that and, and pick your mind more, Maestro. But, um, you know, and there's a lot of places that I could go with uh, Charlinda. You know, the fact of the the social conscience that she has for the United States of America is absolutely oh. beautiful. Um mm-hmm the fact that she walks the walk and, you know, doesn't worry about talking the talk. I think one of the things that really resonated with me though, was the last thought that she left to resonate with single moms out there. And that's the fact that you don't have to be qualified to be qualified. And I think that that is a summation of of parenthood period. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter how you were influenced. What matters is, is what are you going to do with that next chapter? You know, you're going to be able to take from the good things and the things that you didn't care for. You're going to take the sustains and the things that need to be improved upon. And now you have this amazing opportunity to see life uh, at least for a brief period of time until you switch from parent to mentor, right? Because that does happen at some point to see the world a little bit more through the lens of what you would have like to see as a child. And I think that another great point that she made was the fact of that feeling worthy that God would give her the um, responsibility to take care of another soul. And it's so ironic because, you know, I believe that if you ever in question of whether God exists or not, no matter what religion you subscribe to, look at children. Look look at the look at the process of how you can see something so beautiful, so amazing, be birthed out of literal hell and tumultuous type things to rise to greatness and we see that consistently we see it in entertainment we see it in sports we see it in politics whatever gets your you know gets your goose like it's there i mean you're 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 seeing it right now on this show you know dr harris and i have navigated our own journeys we're we're not necessarily let me phrase it like this we may have experienced broken homes but we are not broken and I think that that is the most important thing to understand and the responsibility that you have. In general, when you see a woman with a baby by herself, or you know that that woman is a single mom, instead of inquiring so much about where's the dad, what happened, why is it going on, all those other kind of things, make an effort to engage with her and to support her and to lift her up because if she thinks that she's in a place somewhere where she is all alone and she doesn't have a team and there is no accountability or or self-care there you might be able to actually just turn the tide Um, before we get out of here doc final thoughts
1: yeah my final thought is this. I love where this has gone today. I didn't expect it, but the best things in life come just like this, unexpectedly. So I'll say this, you know, a lot of people look back to the fifties or even wherever, yesterday in some in some religious sex and in family dynamics where to even consider being uh, a single mom not having a husband or whatever is breaking all the rules. But I say this, anything that changes this world into a better place, then yeah, rules are meant to be challenged. First, and if they're they're found to be or warranted that those rules are archaic or no longer serve us, then those rules must be broken. And so that's what I love about today's episode is that, you know, there it is again, whatever you're doing to make yourself, those you love in this world, a better place. If it means breaking a rule, break it. Why? Because rules are meant to be broken, but people are not.
0: My man, my, my final thought is, is pretty, pretty uh, to the point. Um, Single moms out there. If you feel like that you're in a position to where you can't be more and you can't live to your fullest potential, then you need to look to women and find mentors like Charlinda Scales, who's literally doing it all. Absolutely. And to all of the people out there that feel like that when you look at a single mom, that you feel like that you can pass judgment, well, I think you ate some crow today. On this show, so there's a very good possibility that there might be other instances that you might eat some crow. Until next time, I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And we'll see you on the next time of License for Love, the Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation. See you. Bye-bye.
1: See you next time. You
0: You're listening dreams. to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation.